Welcome to the Lockdown Economy, a series of interviews by the think tank Alter Contacts, where real entrepreneurs share their insights. My name is Yulia Skupchenko, and today my guest is Danny Lukar, the founder of Creative Wavelength. Hello, Danny. How are you today? Hi, Julia. I'm good. I'm good. How are you? I'm well, too. And tell me, where are you? Where in the world are you calling uh, to us? I am in St. Leonard's-on-Sea, which is on the southeast coast of England. And how is the weather in England today? <laughs> Gorgeous. We've ha we're having the best summer. It's amazing. Okay, that's, that's excellent. That's, that's really good news and rarity. It's a rarity. This year, we've had the nicest weather. So it's lifted the situation somewhat because the sun's been out a lot. Actually, there must be some connection to the lockdown and the lack of flights. We're not going to explore that in this interview, but we will explore what is your business? What's Creative Wavelengths and how did it survive the, the lockdown? But let's start from the simple. What is that that you do? Okay. So I am a coach and a consultant, and my specialisms are in creativity, leadership, and communications. One of those key things that I do is a concept called Creative Wavelengths, which is a business in its own right. And then I have uh, my consultancy, which umbrellas a lot of shorter courses, um, usually in the room, but at the moment, not in the room, but I'm sure we'll, we'll get to that as well. Let's hope so. And I have been in one of your uh, room-based uh, workshops. It was quite groundbreaking for, for the team that was in that room. And yeah, my compliments. I still remember how much impact that, that session had on all of us in terms of communication and creativity. So we sort of, we sort of did both. Um, but from compliments to, to the business, uh, since you mentioned uh, many uh, sessions that were based in person mm. probably got cancelled. So how was it for you? Uh, crazy, <laughs> in a word. So yeah, the, the, the lockdown was imminent. Obviously in the UK we'd seen Europe, we'd, we'd seen what happened in China, we'd seen what happened in Europe and you know the rest of the world. And But even though we saw that, it seemed to still come suddenly. And I remember the week where everyone started to get really nervous. It had seemed to happen really suddenly. And I had a workshop, a public speaking workshop, booked in central London, and I had 12 people on it. And I remember contacting the organizer on the Monday evening. This is a week before we were officially locked down by the government, by the British government. And I contacted the, you know, the venue and I said, is it still happening? And they said, yeah, you know, and I was relieved because I, you know, I was really looking forward to it and it'd been booked for a while. And by the time I got from where I live to central London, which takes about an hour 40, um, I'd had 10 people cancel <laughs> and I turned up and I still ran it, but I ran it with two people and we finished at like, you know, several hours before we were scheduled to finish because everything just stopped everyone just started to panic so from that evening pretty much everything I had in the diary and I had a diary that was looking busy from like March to August everything got indefinitely postponed 
which wow. basically, yeah, because all of my work or the majority of my work, not all of it, but the vast majority of it is I travel around and I work with people in, in rooms. And sometimes that's big rooms full of people. And sometimes that's smaller rooms, but nevertheless, it's still groups of people. So it's kind of obvious why that fell out. And it must have been really quite a shock when it was announced so suddenly and you're there with about, you were going there about to be with a room of 12 people and then you arrive and there's two people and then the next thing you know, you come back home and you never come out again until three months later or two right. months later. Yeah. And in fact, I haven't been back into central London since. So it's okay, been, then, been a while. So it's three months running almost, right? Yeah, more I think now. Yeah, just over. Yeah, that that's pretty scary. Uh, so, e, e, how in terms of um, your emotional state and its impact impact on the business and the agenda being completely empty because of the circumstances, how did you get out of there? How what entrepreneurial drive did you find in yourself to fight it? Um. Well. It's well, firstly, it's been, it's definitely been a roller coaster. Some days I'm up and I'm driven and I'm, you know, feeling creative and I'm, I'm, you know, rolling my sleeves up and go, get into it. And other days it's harder, you know, other days it's been a lot harder to feel energized, to feel positive because it is also um, unknown really. And it still is, but I very quickly realized that I was still going to have to do what I could do. And obviously we had most of the world going on to, you know, Zoom and other, other platforms of that description. So it was very much a case of trying to move some of the work that I had booked onto online. I didn't manage to do that much moving of it online. Most people were just in such disarray because of what happened. So I, I had a couple of weeks where I just sat back and processed what was going on. And then I started to reach to clients again and say, look, do you need any support firstly? Because they were in, you know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm an entrepreneur. I am used to being, things being a bit unpredictable sometimes. But for a lot of my clients, that's not how they work. So actually I was able to support them in, in a lot of ways and stay in touch with them through doing that. And then from that, I did some free uh, sort of short webinars to help keep their team like together, cohesion, because they're all working in pockets now. And I did some, I managed to get some sort of income generated stuff, but it was, it was minimal. It was minimal. And then I created some online programs, which I've been marketing. So I've been, I've been pretty glued to this desk, quite honestly. <laughs> Yes, and it sounds that uh, your clients uh, um, have changed their priorities completely from from a workshop being transferred from the room to online to actually just surviving and just figuring out what what is going on. And the workshop pretty much loses any value as as is right. Um, so. Tell me a bit more about the courses you developed, because this is uh, one of the um, channels you found for your energy, for, for your business, right? Yeah, yeah, it is. And, and also for my sanity, but <laughs> I got into a place where I was, I thought I just want to run something. And it was partly surviving and getting my business through. It was partly I needed a focus and I need, I love, I love my work and I, will, I was feeling a little bit lost without it. 
And then there was also a sense of me that I really wanted to run something for people because a lot of the messaging that I was hearing back from friends and colleagues and you know, family was that people were feeling low, they were feeling despondent, they were feeling a bit frightened. So I kind of put all of that in a metaphorical pot, all of those words, whizzed it up and went, what do they need? You know, and then came up with a program called 28 Days of Defiance, which was an online program where they got a task a day. It was, I, I positioned it as a bit of isolation, truth or dare to get their resilience up, to get their self-esteem back up and to get them having fun again. And uh, the first one sold out in a couple of days, which was amazing. The second one is a smaller group, but they are just, they're in their third week now. So I've, I've run that like two concurrently of that. Um, and I've also gone on to develop two other programs, one called uh, Flaming Leadership, which is, you know, a six month program. It's a much bigger piece and that will be running in September. So that's not quite launching yet. Um, and a program called Warrior Women, which launches on the 13th of July. Well, it starts on the 13th of July. So I've been can, you, can you tell me a bit more about the, the 28 days of defiance? Because that's already running and maybe somebody got curious and they want to sign up, they want to learn more. Um, can you give me an example of, of one thing that, of one to truth or dare that you give to your uh, students on the course? Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to think which one to choose because obviously there's 28 of them. Um, and I don't want to give too much away. Which one shall I choose? Which one shall I choose? Okay. Yes. I'll give you this one. So there is a day somewhere in the middle. So I go through the alphabet. So each day is like A, B, C, etc. And when we get to the letter L, they have a, a day, which is all about love and laughter. And they have a, they have a rebel buddy, which basically they're buddied up with somebody. The names are picked out of a hat. They're buddied up with someone and they're accountable to each other. I'm obviously there as well, but they are also sort of there driving each other through. And what they have to do is they have to list, um, and I give them categories via a video and they get worksheets every day, but they have to list all the things that they love about, you know, their life, themselves, their friends, their, and th you know, other things will come up that they don't love, but they're not allowed to look at that. They have to look at what they love. And then they have to think about what makes them laugh. And then they have to commit to um, indulging in that love and laughter that day in a way that they want to do that. And they also have to commit to sharing it in the group. And a lot of the dares are very much about them sharing it in the, in the online group, but also sharing it across their social media. So they have to go public with it and that's the dare. And sometimes, you know, I get them to do quite crazy things. And sometimes it's a little bit more, you know, kind of thought through and other times it's just, it's just daft. So it's very mixed. But it's a great uh, distractor. I hear a lot of things that uh, could make anyone happy just thinking about them, just imagining, you know, oh, I love ice cream, I love walking in the park, you know, things like that. So yeah. it's, it's a wonderful program. I hope that it is really helping uh, people. I mean, it, since it's sold out, I'm sure it is. Yeah. And uh, tell me a bit more about the a warrior woman, a warrior women. Warrior so what women. is that? So Warrior Women is an eight-week program. And it's a module a week. And again, we're working in a small group and that started to sell quite quickly as well, which is amazing. And what that is, it's looking at the untold or the lesser known stories of iconic women. So that might be women from the past. It might be women in, in the current day and age. And it's from all over the world. You're looking at uh, several case studies a week. At what, who, who are these women? What did they do? Why are they so amazing? What skills did they 
you know, utilize to do what they did. And then the implementation bit of it, because my work is always like a bit of theory and then do, right? Otherwise we don't really benefit. So they, they study all of that stuff. And then I pull in my assertiveness and leadership work and I give them tools and techniques and strategies where they then have to take what these women did and find ways that they can implement that into their own world. So it's a, it's a female-led leadership program, as in we're using women as the narrative, and obviously I'm a woman, but you don't have to be female to do it. So it's not, it's not just for women, but it's female narrative. And, and that's, that for me is a way of rebalancing or, or just trying to create more balance between the male and female voices. And are you expecting a lot of men to sign up for this one? I don't know. I haven't had any men so far. I've had one man express interest, um, but he hasn't signed up for it so far. I've got three women and there's only 12 places on Warrior Women uh, because it's, it's an in-depth study and it's an in-depth coaching, you know, coaching thing. So every Monday they get a new module and every Monday evening we do a group Zoom and I sort of lead them through a workshop online. And I think if I reflect on what we did in the room, in the room session with you and the team, uh, and also from what you mentioned about the uh, 28 Days of Defiance or Warrior Women, one thing that really stands out to me is um, the practical application. Mm. And that definitely, uh, how many courses, there are brilliant courses on EDX by amazing institutions uh, like Harvard and Stanford even now, I think, uh, but they don't get you to practice what you learn anywhere near as much as I think you would make people to practice. Yeah. Yeah. So. It's a big passion of mine. It's like we get, because you get a lot of stuff cognitively, like what humans, you know, most humans are really smart and we get it. And we're like, yeah, I get that. But the minute you try and do it, it just, it's, it's harder. And also sometimes we understand something and we know it, but when we're in a situation, it falls off our radar because we're creatures of habit and pattern. So unless we play around with stuff and, you know, try and implement it really consciously, then we're never going to make those changes. Yes. And I think that it would be very, a very interesting program to attend. So you got me all curious, of course, I'm going to talk to you about that later. Uh, and I encourage everyone who is watching us and listening to look it up and see if it's something for you. Um, but tell me, Danny, uh, what is uh, the outlook for the next few months besides the excellent courses and programs you're running? Um, mm. What is there in the future for you? Well, I've started to re-engage with some of my clients in terms of some of them have come back and said, actually, can you start to do some work with us again? That so far is mainly online. So I'm doing some executive coaching one-to-one -one online with some people and some smaller group workshops with three or four people online. I feel like I'm welded to this chair. Um, but I do have some workshops put back in the diary for September onwards. I don't have loads, but I'm, I'm hopeful. I'm positive. I'm kind of going, it's gonna, it, they will come back in. Now, they might not be in, in the intensity that they were before, but uh, you know, they will come back in, I think. As long as they are coming back uh, at least a little bit at a time, you know, every, every, every little drop counts. And um, of course, for, for your customers, uh, for your clients, uh, this time now is probably when they are looking around and thinking, 
okay, so lockdown is lifted, the crisis is behind us, what are we going to do with the team, with the company, with the next thing? All these things that they were planning to, to fix and address with your workshops three months ago, mm. probably are even more urgent now than they, than they were. So hopefully it'll keep coming in. Uh, so I'm wishing you all the luck, of course. And um, is there anything you would like to share, uh, like uh, like an advice or something, you know, with our viewers? I would say the biggest piece from this is there's a lot of fear and a lot of trepidation. I mean, globally for obvious reasons. And I would say that stuff can be really infectious, and we can really let that penetrate in and keep us stuck. You know, we get into our reptilian brain, we get into that like fight fight, flight or freeze state. And I would say, notice when you're in it and do your absolute best to gently move yourself through it and move yourself into curiosity, courage, and, you know, proactivity where you are starting to look for, all right, this is unknown. How do I get creative? How do I, and by that, I mean resourceful. Um, how do I start to look at where I want to go and start to take charge of that to some extent, because it's very easy to get pushed into victim and say, well, it's all horrible and it's all unpredictable and all of that. And whilst to some extent that's true, we are still masters and mistresses of our own destiny. And it's amazing what humans can do when they put their mind to it. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you very much, Danny. And indeed, uh, that, uh, that time, that those few months really uh, triggered a lot of people to ask those questions to themselves. And I hope they found their answers. I mean, I'm doing this, so I, I've got some direction. Um, yeah. So I hope that people are, who are watching us, maybe guys, you can share, and girls, uh, you can share in the comments of what have you found, what way have you found in the meantime. And uh, I would like to thank you, Danny, for sharing your story with us. Thank you for having me. Thank you for the opportunity. It's been lovely. Well, thank you. Thank you very much. And uh, thank you to everyone who joined us today. If you would like to contact Danny and look up her courses, uh, you will find the details in the description below the video. I invite you to like this video, share it with your friends, subscribe to our channel. And in the coming weeks, we're going to have many more insights to share with you. So stay tuned and bye.